Wales England week for Wales women with a sellout crowd to look forward to at Cardiff Arms Park. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We also look forward to Judgment Day and the end of the BKT URC season. But of course, all roads lead to the Arms Park this weekend. A record Welsh crowd for a women's game as Wales look to build on impressive victories against Ireland and Scotland when they face England. It's certainly something to look forward to for the professional Wales players. In quite a contrast to three years ago for second row Abby Fleming, who was working in the NHS during the Covid crisis. She started by talking about her development through to now being a full-time professional rugby player. I've been in the programme a few years now, but what that's allowed me to do, it's allowed me to learn from a, a lot of the coaches and a lot of the more experienced players. But yeah, I've been unlucky with a few injuries in the last few years, but actually now to get that opportunity, it's amazing. And to wear the red jersey is just the best honour you can be offered. So it's a really good opportunity for me, yeah. I saw you in the Celtic Challenge, the captain of the team. What was that responsibility like? Do you see yourself as a, as a sort of future leader? I think I gained a lot of skills from the Celtic Challenge. You know, having that captaincy role gave me a lot of responsibility, a lot of roles around game management and looking after kind of younger members of the squad and also making important team decisions. But I've learned so much from that experience and definitely in the future, going forward, the Celtic Challenge is going to be massive for Wales. We know it's going to be a sellout crowd. Um, how wonderful was it for you in that first match at home against Ireland when all the fans came onto the pitch at the end? You know, what sort of yeah. things were they saying to you and how, how did it make you feel? Oh, it was massive. And, you know, to think we have got to say a massive thank you to the fans because without them, we, we definitely wouldn't be where we are because we've had so much support this campaign and, and in the years previously. So it's been great to have them here. And obviously to think that we've doubled that crowd now. So we're going for the sellout crowd this weekend is brilliant. But yeah, I mean, on the field, it was a bit overwhelming, but in a good way, really, you know, had lots of young players, you know, boys and girls coming up to us and just wanting to get to know us and kind of ask for autographs and photos and things. And it was just lovely to hope that you could inspire someone and inspire the younger generation, which is what we want to achieve, because we want younger girls to realise that they can be in our shoes in a few years time if that's what they want. Pre-contract for you then, for the NHS. Yeah. So my roles changed quite massively over the last few years. So prior to my full-time contract this year, I was in a part-time position where I worked three days a week across a seven-day service. That was based in Exeter, where I'm currently living at the moment, where I play my club rugby. And that was working in an urgent community response team. So my sole role was to go out and provide physiotherapy treatment to patients in the community, generally the older population. So I worked there for just under a year. But prior to that, I was based in Bridgend. That was with more kind of a rehab community team where we'd provide a six-week service to provide rehabilitation alongside occupational therapists and pharmacy technicians in the community as well. So similar kind of patient age where we would treat the geriatric patients. But, yeah, I really enjoyed my job. But obviously, again, like you said, managing that with rugby, I... Over the years, as the contracts have slowly started to be released, I've managed to reduce myself from five days full-time to three days full-time to part-time and then now full-time rugby player. So yeah, the, obviously the contracts have massively benefited me. And what about during COVID? When COVID first hit, I was based in the Princess of Wales in Bridgend and I was on rotation there when I then 
changed into my new role I went out into the community and my role kind of didn't change in terms of I was still allowed to go and see patients but actually the level of PPE was massively increased so you were going into patients houses head to toe in plastic which you know is what you see in the images and it was exactly as it looked and there was a lot of times where I'd go to the hospital as well and help out in the ITU units where you would help to prone patients as well and the idea of proning was that patients would manage better respiratory wise on their fronts or on their backs so actually that helped massively in a, in terms of their recovery and maintenance of their health as well but yeah so it was quite a full-on time and being honest it was quite tough mentally and it was a ride that you had to stay on in order to get to the end and I'm glad I got to the end because I'm where I want to be now. That time in the Covid wards in particular, does that allow you to keep things in perspective a bit now? Because you've been through the fire. Yeah, massively. I mean, for instance, there was one example. Um, I was in one of the valleys in amongst Bridgend and I'd go into this uh, patient's property and at the time some patients were being sent home they were not fully positive Covid but they were deemed non-infectious so to which point they were coming home but actually some of their close relatives were going through cancer treatment themselves and actually critically ill themselves so actually that addition of Covid created a lot of tension in amongst a lot of families and as a healthcare professional going into that environment that was incredibly difficult to deal with and incredibly difficult because there was nothing you could do or control about that. So you're going into these properties and you weren't just being asked to do your role. You are being asked to do four or five different roles at the same time um, just to make sure the peace of mind of the patient and the relatives was set as well. And then actually that one time I left and went straight to training at which point we were training in USW at the time, sports park, and that's really hard. And it was very hard to compartmentalise yourself. But... It's worth it. I, I'm glad that... Not glad it happened, but I'm glad I went went through that because, yes, like you said, it does allow for me to put my life into perspective and think, actually, things are OK because I've seen a lot worse. And I suppose the point of USW was you didn't much travel time to make the adjustment on your way to training. No. I mean, I, I would sit in my car, I'd have my bag of snacks next to me in the passenger seat and you would just have to go for it. And that's what a lot of the other girls did as well, you know, not so much in COVID-related roles, but actually that was what our lives were like for a long time. And, yeah, we didn't have a lot of time to compartmentalise, but now we do, and it's brilliant. And just on the front, every team needs the players who high up on the line-out stats, the tackling stats, all the nitty-gritty stuff mm. that doesn't win player of the match awards but mm. you need in the side mm. is that a side of the game you enjoy or yeah I mean sometimes you know you always run a line and you, you're like blast the second row <laughs> but um you know what there's a lot of cogs to um kind of a machine if you like in order to for the machine to work properly and sometimes it, you've got to really know your cog and what your cog does inside and out for that machine to work and the way the machine has worked and the team's worked is that everybody's done their cog right what makes the culture so good now compared to maybe a couple of years ago? It's great. You know, you're, you're coming in and the culture is really good. It's really positive. And, for instance, at the moment we have lots of different committees. So we have hygiene committee, social committee, comedy committee. And every week uh, our comedy committee members will put together a bloopers video of all the funny clips that have been shown in training but you haven't quite seen. So, for instance, we've got a clip of Sean, our tax coach, falling over a tackle shield numerous times because he's just so clumsy. But it's it's very entertaining. It just kind of brings us all together and have a little laugh and a joke while being able to perform at the high level that we are at the moment.
It certainly does, put it all in perspective. One player who seems to be flourishing with the increased skills of the squad is wing Lisa Neumann. A bit more ball, a bit more space, seems to be working wonders. Also, a far cry from the days when she was living and working in Manchester and commuting for Wales matches and training around four hours each way. I look back and think, how did I actually do it? And I think every time you get a bit closer to having one day less of travel, you think, how did I ever put myself through that? But you just do at the time. It's just what you get used to. So, yeah, I couldn't do it now. I think being in a position I am now, I look back and I just, yeah, I wouldn't be able to just do it. So England coming up then. Um, how excited are you for that challenge and the prospect of playing in front of a sellout crowd? Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, just to obviously to say thank you to the support, like to get a sell out of the stadium is in- incredible. I think England are obviously one of the, one of the best in the world. It's going to be a challenge. We know that every time we come together to play them. But I'm also excited. You know, we're so much closer as a team now. We've obviously put in two great performances already. So I think going into this game, it will really be a test to see where we actually are, see whether we're actually closing that gap and see you know, what performance we can bring. A good interview where you talked about how you mentally prepare for a match, oh, yeah. how you check the music on in the room and you go through everything in your head first. I mean, talk us through mm. that. So yeah, I room with Hannah Jones, so we just love doing it just before, if there's time, 20 minutes, we just so now, either we've got headphones on or put music on in the background. It's just a good opportunity to go through the plays in your head, like focus on the things you individually want to bring. So I don't know if it's chopping your feet in a tackle, something you've learned from a previous game, you just kind of rehearse that in your mind. So it just takes the pressure away when you're there in front of a massive crowd. and There is a bit more pressure, it just takes that element away from it. So we love doing it, it's my favourite part. <laughs> The Saturday before last was a pretty special day for your family. Did you get to see your your sister star at the Prince of Hampton? Yeah, it was incredible. She's doing so well, like, bless her. And to think she did the interview because she got player of the match and she still speaks about my rugby journey. So just bless her. Yeah, she's doing incredibly well. And it's just amazing that my family was there in the stadium to support her. You're a triplet. I mean, yeah. I mean everyone is super successful in their own right. We've got some incredible athletes. I mean... There was never any doubt that you were going to be a great athlete and succeed in whatever you took your hand to. Yeah, I think we've grown up as sort of the sporty family, so regardless of whether we've gone into sort of a professional route or taking that as it into a career, we've always been quite sporty, sort of in our own right. So, yeah, I think what we put our mind to, we just go out and achieve, I guess. It's a gamble, what you're doing. Obviously, we're in a society where we chase promotions. You, you you stay on the sort of employment ladder, and you sort of strive for that next best thing. And taking a job in in sport, you know, it is very short lived. But also, there's so much risk. You don't know whether you're going to be a favourite. You don't know whether someone else is going to come along and take shirts. So, you know, it's definitely risky. But as an athlete, like as a sports person, you'd hands down take that risk every time. You know, I think. I've never been in a position where I've dreamt of being a full-time rugby player. I didn't think that was possible. So when you get given that opportunity, it's, it's ones you take hands down. I'm wondering what you ranked your own for, because the improved skill sets are giving you a bit more space on the wing. I'm just wondering how you, how you find it yourself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're able to pass the ball to width and play to width a lot more. Obviously, like getting wingers involved a little bit more, getting hands on ball. So it's definitely more of an exciting game than it has been, just getting more involved. You know, everyone wants to touch the ball, everyone wants to play, right? But, you know, having the better skill set, you can play with more intent. You have more options to play from. 
because you're you have a better skill set so it's definitely more exciting than it has been yeah back row beth lewis is also flourishing so does she prepare any differently in a week like this one with such a big game at the end of it it's the same as any other game you, the process all stays the same focus on your role what's your job within within the group and the team how can you help the team perform the best so i don't think anything really changes no matter who the opposition is focus on your role and then get the job done played many different sports from a youngster, um, yeah. represented GB in surfing. Any transferable skills from the surfboard to the rugby pitch? It's probably not from surfing. I've done a lot of sport, like racket sports and stuff, so like the hand-eye coordination, I think you can transfer that, but the variety of sports I've done has probably given me a good but like variety of skills to help me in, in this environment, I guess. Are you still studying to be a sports psychologist, or has that been wrapped up? I've completed my master's. I still have some things I have to tick off to be an accredited sports psychologist, so I'm not currently doing anything towards that, but I do need to get onto it. So it is in the, in the back of my mind that I want to do that eventually. So I was wondering, do you use your sports psychology skills you know, to help the girls here? I definitely, on a personal level, I do try and do some visualisation and stuff like that. Probably haven't put that towards anyone else, so... From a personal level, yeah, I think I do. It's a great tool to have, and to have the under, like the theoretical understanding around it is is good. And I think that's the way sports go in. Like, what are the one percenters you can do that other teams aren't doing? Like, everyone does the strength and conditioning, focus on nutrition. So, what's that next thing that puts you separate to other people? Wales's pack are going really, really well at the moment. How excited are you to come up against an equally powerful pack in England? Yeah, it's really exciting for us at the weekend, you know, see the progress we're making, you know, against like Ireland and Scotland. We've built into those both games, so build again into this week. And as long as we get our technical points right and we're not physically as big as England, but technically and tactically, hopefully, that will come through on the weekend and that the momentum that we've set already in the last two games will come into this game. There's a few faces in camp, uh, Sean Ed, Karis Phillips, that were in that 2015 team that beat England in St Helens. Is that being used, that footage, that match, as any inspiration for you girls this week? Uh, no, we haven't. We actually were speaking about that downstairs, so like, I think quietly within us we're like, speaking about things like that. But yeah, no, we haven't looked at any of the footage of that from previously, but it's something that the girls have in the back of their mind. And how does it feel to know that you're going to go out there in front of 8,000 people? You know, there's going to be a lot of England fans as well, but yeah. the atmosphere that it's going to generate. Yeah, no, it's awesome, like, playing in front of a, a big crowd and knowing that, like, that's our, our home stadium. It's awesome and it's really exciting to see, like, a load of youngsters come in. So, yeah, it's just really exciting for us that we get to play in front of crowds like that. As a squad, do you feel a certain weight of expectation when you take the field now that externally people will say, oh, there's professional contracts and we'll expect results straight away? Yeah, what well, we've had contracts for a year, so I think for people to expect results and all that from the off, I mean, the results we've put in have been class, but I think we're realistic in our goals and knowing that it's not something that's going to happen in a year or whatever, especially against a team like England who have been contracted since 2018, so I think our goals and what we expect of ourselves and what we want are realistic to where we are. Um, obviously, it's been great, and the gains we have seen have been real clear in like body composition stuff like that. But yeah, I think we only put whatever pressure you put on yourselves. So England for so long have 
been the standard setters really in women's rugby, so this is a real chance to find out where you are in that journey. Yeah, exactly. There's loads of different little areas that we can measure wins in, so that's what we're going to go into the game with. And yeah, like we have built momentum, and it is exciting, and it is a good test and challenge to see where we are and to close that gap. It would be a great result for us. But the fact that more players full time does that help bring the squad together compared to last year? Are the are clear differences from twelve months ago? Yeah, hundred percent. I think the challenges the girls faced last year was limited numbers, so limited stuff you could do at training. So yeah, there was twelve girls here, but they could obviously gym, condition, and stuff like that. But the technical rugby sort of things, um, I think, was the challenge. So now there's more people at training; they can get that stuff in, more time to do skill stuff with each other and what's cool is more time to do like eights and nines can work together back of the scrums like stuff like that which because you have such a short period of time you don't have time to build those relationships those little connections on the field that are vital to the whole team's performance when you're in for two hours on a Thursday evening you've got to make sure the team stuff is the focus not that you can refine those little things listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And good luck to Wales women this weekend. It'll be really interesting to see how they've progressed. Of course, the team we normally watch at the Arms Park are Cardiff Rugby, and they've a pretty big finish to the season of their own, building up to facing the Ospreys in Judgment Day at the Principality Stadium next week. Director of Rugby Di Young's looking forward to something new. To be honest, I haven't experienced it before, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to the occasion. I hope that the Welsh public get behind it. You know, I've seen it from afar when I was in England, and I think everybody agrees with the concept, and it was very well supported. Obviously, it's had a, a couple of years uh, with COVID not happening, so let's hope it just takes off and, you know, from where, where they finished off, and, and it's up to us to try and build it as well, because there's no reason why it can't be an occasion to rival some of the big games in England. There are a lot more of those, aren't there? The big match, Twickenham, the Spurs Stadium, they move them around. There are quite a lot more of them. From your experience of the two, how do they compare? The concept, I think, is a good one. And, you know, certainly from my experiences within England, that's something that the players always look, look forward to. Always well supported and it was always, uh, you know, something that I think was a real positive in the season calendar. There's no reason why this can't be the same, but, you know, hopefully there'd be some real good rugby on the field to excite everybody. But, you know, hopefully the the Welsh public will come out and, and be a big part of it because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I think it's a celebration in rugby in Wales and hopefully that there'll be two excellent games, but it'll be well supported and, and everyone will enjoy a fantastic day at the stadium. What you did have from your time in charge were some great days with Cardiff Blues as it was then out in the stadium here. Yes, we all know it's, if not the best stadium in the world, it's got to be up there and arguably, you know, you know with the best stadiums around. As a player, you can never get fed up of playing it, no matter how many caps you've had for Wales. So the players will always get excited about playing it. Very rarely do you get an opportunity to play out in your club jersey with your, with your mates that you spend every day with. So the players will be really excited about it. And as I said, it's just a fantastic way you know, to finish the league, really, out here on our national stadium. Well, Shield, chance of a playoff place, just to assess what's on the line for you. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking too much about that. I think the main thing for us is, 
Ospreys, to be fair to them, have had the wood over us the last couple of seasons. They've been a little bit too strong up front for us. But, you know, it's up to us to um, obviously kick on our game. We need to get at least parity up front and, and hopefully we can uh, fire some shots of our own, really. But they're a quality team. Always good games against, you know, against the Ospreys, so I don't see this will be any different. But, as I said, if, if we end up then with the, with the playoff place or... It'd be certainly nice to finish the, the season as the, the best placed Welsh team because I think for most of the season we've, you know, we've been out in front there. But Toby probably tell us his time right, uh, right the last game. But for us, it's just about getting a performance and then hopefully getting that result. And then you know we we'll see where we are after that. With this weekend, Connor first of all, you both just lost to Benetton different kind of ways. But mm. how do you assess that effort? Yeah, again, they're a quality team. They're up there pushing. They've got a lot to play for. Same as us. Very strong at home, you know, they play a very good kicking game, field position orientated game. So we know what's in front of us, but we were pleased with big parts of the Benetton game. It's just a game that got away from us a little bit, especially when we got our noses in front. But first 25 minutes, our backs were against the wall and we found a way, like we did against Sale, just to stay in the game. And I think that's important. That's pleasing from a coach's point of view, because last year we couldn't do that. You know, when we were under pressure, we leaked tries too easy, let the game get away from us. But both games there, the sale game, there was critical moments which we got right, and the Benetton game, critical moments we got wrong. And I think they were two games that could have gone either way. It's a long old slog the season, isn't it? And, you know, you want to get to the sort of business end of the season, as they call it, with something to play for. So we got two games now that, you know, they're two huge, hugely important games for us if we want to achieve something this year. Plenty more on Judgment Day next week. Good luck to Wales women. This is the Union Podcast. Goodbye.